0: Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the definitive developer's podcast in sunny and breezy downtown Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. I have our co-host today, Dave Anderson, and our producer, William Jeffries. And today we'll be talking about psychological safety. We'll go into what it is psychological safety and how important it is in the workspace. Dave, you want to drop a line or two on what is psychological safety?
1: Yeah, I've, I first heard about psychological safety around the last november new york times did a piece about google and their quest to create the perfect team Mm. and in that article they kind of talked about how they found that although there are a lot of high performers at google they found that having a team that has more cohesive and safe environment is actually more important for performance of the team as a whole than having
0: those like 10x developers really cranking out code. I think it is important for a team to be, you know, in sync and how do you say, like, trust each other when it comes to communicating information from one person to another without any like hidden messages or like this form of bias to get your idea across. And when everyone's on the same page, that like all egos aside, we have this product or this idea that we need to deliver then naturally the work gets done
1: yeah maybe we could talk about like some examples of
0: behaviors that might not be psychologically safe in a team yeah William do you have any examples on what is on what isn't psychological safety behavior in the workplace
2: I think that gossip is a really really powerful force against psychological safety that whole talking behind other people's backs and and the infighting and politics that comes with that. It's funny because it often comes from the highest performers. Right. There was a study that was done on chickens, actually, where they took the hens that had produced the most eggs from a bunch of different coops and put them all together thinking that they would create like a super hen team that would produce really, really well. And as a control, they took another group of chickens that had a high production as a whole, but the individual members were not special. Okay. And what they found was that after one generation, the team of all star hens had like pecked each other to death and produced very few eggs. Oh my god. Team of, you know, pretty average hens that were more team players had proven even more productive than they were the previous
1: the huh. previous generation. This is like the Aesop's fable version of the Google
0: story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So don't go pecking your individual coworkers. I yes. guess. <laughs> hear You that, that kids? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it just goes to show, like even even your top players are susceptible
1: to this problem. Yeah, and you know when someone has a lot of institutional knowledge about like the code or about the organization or the product that you're building. It can be, and you have new people that are coming in. It can be kind of easy for them to shut out people who are new and have different perspectives, because you know they, you know, have the first word and they can speak the quickest and be like, "Okay, this pattern of developing the code is the best because X, Y, and Z," and not really leave room for other people to speak up to that.
2: Yeah, and, and I think psychological safety can be impaired even without anyone doing anything you know there could be just by happenstance a situation that makes people feel unsafe, psychologically unsafe. Mm-hmm. Like the president of the company walks into the room at a company of 10,000 people, and all of a sudden everybody's really uncomfortable. Right. And it's not that the president did anything wrong. Maybe he's supposed to be in that meeting. It's just right.
1: Well, I mean, it's not as safe. People don't feel as safe. Yeah, yeah. I feel less comfortable taking risks. Like the visibility of things become, gets a lot higher. I know, like for applications, there are certain pieces of the application that sometimes people feel very uncomfortable making risks with when it's related to like making money or you know customer experience. Like if if there's that fear of failure, then it can impede things as well.
0: Do you think that psychological safety can be? like positive energy and psychological safety distributed from the top down or from the bottom up, which one would actually get more traction in that? Because, like, as you mentioned, the president can walk into a room and, you know, everyone gets, you know, really quiet and uncomfortable. Like, oh, my God, it's the president. Like, stand straight, you know, good posture, code, make sure you, you have your tie on or something like that. I worked at a place that was like that where you had to make sure you were to the T, even though you're developing. Like no one you're punching keys all day, but you still have to look sharp because the president will be in town and you have to put your tie on. Is that something that can be, you know, kind of created and generated from the bottom up where even every member in the team kind of shares the responsibility of being psychologically safe to one another and then it trickles up, or is that something that the organization has to Kind of let everyone know that it's okay to do that
2: I think any member of a team can help to build psychological safety, but the leader has incredible power to break it because mm. the leader can threaten people's jobs, they can make it actually dangerous, not just psychologically dangerous right to your well being it is harmful to get fired
0: right mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta gotta bring money <laughs> you don't want that to stop because of something, whatever reason that is.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really hard to change like individuals' behaviors, but you can kind of set the environment and build the environment in a way that encourages certain behaviors. And like that, if you if you have the environment in a certain way, then it, it'll nudge people towards acting in a better way. Like if you if you have the organization with a good culture where everyone knows that they're respected and you know they have a a chance to grow and room to make mistakes, then that will help them feel more safe and you know encourage others to be more kind as well
2: yeah i like what you're saying about making mistakes because that's a thing that everybody has to do in order to learn in order to do their job like no one aces it 100 percent of the time and if you are then you're probably in too easy of a job
1: yeah right so. I, I remember like even the first time i had to send a more high stakes email on the job like there's room for error and like, you know, communicating an outage or something like I made a mistake and I made the person mad because I overpromised. And then you realize like, Oh, setting expectations and communicating things in a way that has more empathy is really important. And, you know, kind of creates that environment for like better reaction to the same outcome.
0: Really. So let's talk about what can people do as a team to kind of, be on the same level when it comes to psychological safety. How does one individual, multiple individuals, ensure that like everyone kind of understand that this is a thing that will actually bring more productivity to the team?
2: Seems like step one is figuring out whether or not people feel psychologically safe. Any strategies for that?
1: Yeah, I mean, a really straightforward thing to do is just to ask them, although they may not always feel comfortable giving an honest answer, not anonymously but there's a tool called safety check where you can you know get everyone's opinion about how safe the environment is you know one to five one to ten whatever the number doesn't really matter too much keeping it anonymous and then seeing where things end up if people tend to more towards being silent about how things are like if they're like oh this is just all tens across the board but like the music doesn't match up with the words. Then right. you can kind of infer that you may have a problem. Or if people are honest and they're pretty harsh, like mm-hmm. then that's another cue that something's wrong. That's like the uh, the opposing cues of unsafe environments, silence, and violence. Like I'm not comfortable speaking my opinion, so I give you all tens. Or I'm really harsh, and I give you a one because I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: it's interesting to follow the trends there and see whether psychological safety goes up or down and what that corresponds to Like if it's a particular time of the month or the quarter or depending on who's in the room
0: right
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah Do you get. so you mentioned anonymously is that the only way to kind of gauge on how to get like a good like test in the room
2: i think you can also use body language like you can get a sense how comfortable people are sometimes just by talking to them and watching their, watching how they respond to you. Right. Are they chatty? Do they tend to respond in one word, yes or no sentences? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much eye contact do they make?
0: Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I find, I mean, as we're going through the conversation of psychological safety, I feel like I inadvertently have a psychological safety exercise when I run a retrospective with the team for the first time. Like, if I have to introduce retros to, like, a team at a client, I try to introduce it in a way to let everyone know that Mm -hmm. people have the right to share their feelings and to ensure that when you're sharing those feelings is for the greater good of the product and the team itself. So, like, that lets everyone know, like, if I'm going to write something, it's to better the team. It's not like, oh my God, I hate this person or this makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable, like kind of thing. And it's very interesting to, to hear, to do things anonymously or with one-on-ones when you're speaking with someone. But it's, I've also have had experience where it's like with the entire team. And once I can get them to understand that it's for the greater good of the team, let's all leave the egos aside and let's, run this retro and how we can get better for the next sprint or iteration. Everyone kind of like understands that that's a thing that we all want to accomplish.
1: Yeah. That's like the retrospective prime directive, right? right. Where we understand that what was done in the moment was the best that you could have done with the information you had and the experience that you had prior to that. And we're not going to judge you. Right. We're just going to try and make things better as we go. Right. Yeah. Episode five. Check it out. (laughs) Check it out. (laughs) Yeah. Retrospectives.
0: There you go.
2: Yeah. You nailed that. I was just Googling the retrospective prime directive to fill you in there.
0: (laughs) Didn't need it. (laughs) They've got it on lockdown. That's what. So yeah. So we spoke about some of the ways that we can kind of observe psychological safety, whether it's in a negative or positive light to an individual, are there any ways besides like a retrospective in my example on how to increase psychological safety amongst your teammates in the team? Like what kind of conversations you would have in a one-on-one or what other thing, what other questionnaires you would have anonymously to ensure that you can kind of bring those numbers up in a positive way.
1: I feel like just having casual interactions with people, and like building empathy for them as other human beings is really important. I think the Google article actually goes into this a little bit, how there's kind of this dichotomy in the workplace where you have your personal self and you have your work self. And it's really hard to kind of put up those barriers and tear them down every day. And it it becomes a lot easier if you're able to be more open and comfortable with you know the realities of your life. If you have like some challenging family issue that you're working through. Mm -hmm. then you know if your team's understanding of you through that then that makes the team stronger
0: Hmm. i call that a code switch when you gotta switch from work self to personal self and if you don't have the code switches rigorously then it's actually easier to for you to be yourself at the workplace (laughs) which is like the ultimate goal yeah i I think
1: you were you were talking about your workplace catchphrases earlier and it sounds like you're pretty comfortable like with yourself as a code yeah. switch, yeah. I mean, it's
0: uh, I'm I'm very comfortable when it comes to, and I think it has to do with with my peers at at the client as well as us as we record because I know the extent of the relationships that I have with with these different people at work that allows me to you know say silly things or mm-hmm. kind of be myself, if you will, yeah. to get the work done. And we all know that it's in in good graces and yeah. we, my, the ultimate goal is to get the product out. And I think if everyone understands that then they could put the ego aside, then collectively the work just gets better.
1: Yeah, I don't think we would want it out their way.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that you can do when you're troubleshooting a psychologically unsafe environment is to try and figure out what the objective is. Because if you're in a meeting and two people have just completely different objectives, like one, your the canonical example would be the ops team versus the dev team, and the dev team wants to ship more code faster, and the ops team wants to create a more stable production environment. Mm. When two groups are working at opposing objectives, it's going to be unsafe because you're fighting. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. You're fighting. Yeah. And so if instead you can find some kind of a mutual purpose, like we are both working to try and get to a million users. Right. Yeah. Once you've appealed to some higher purpose that both parties can agree to,
1: it becomes safer. Yeah. And also like acknowledging the fact that we know that you're competent at your your DevOps job. And it's not that we don't respect your, your competency there. It's just that we need to get these features out. And, you know, this common goal that we have is something that we both need to work together to to get to.
2: Totally. Yeah, I think another thing that can hurt psychological safety is lack of respect, like what you were talking about there with saying explicitly to the person, I know that you're good at your job, I respect your work. I think that really helps because a lot of times it just comes down to trust. Right. Nobody notices trust until it's not there.
0: And I agree. Like if, if, if the trust isn't there, then it could very well, like, I don't want to use the word hostile, like as in it's like a dangerous environment, but the relationship is very different when you can't trust one person and you know that other person can't trust you. It just gets really, really awkward. And not like you have to clear the air of that to ensure that you can get through this this bit to move forward in a positive psychological safety environment Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it's about respect like you just can't negotiate with a person who you don't respect and who doesn't respect you you have to find a way of getting to
1: respect
0: right Mm -hmm.
1: yeah in that case like when you are trying to find that common ground it's easier to do that face to face like if you're in the same room dealing with the problems like in a retrospective or what have you then it's, it's easier to find that common ground and empathize with the person as another human being like one of the things that I feel is really hard with the modern Git workflow is pull requests and mm. how anonymous or not really anonymous, but like faceless the process is. And you know when someone's like picking apart your like spaces and your tabs, like <laughs> it, it kind of it feels like people are like kind of potentially attacking your competency, especially if you're like new to the team and yeah, it's it's tough to to get used to. So I feel like that's one of the advantages of working closer with someone and like pairing it with with them on the code review like getting face to face so you can tell the exact tone and you know meaning behind their comments yeah so it's not like why didn't you just use iteration
0: yeah, and it's like, whoa, really? You're just gonna leave that comment there with an emoji? Like that's like the worst. You get an emoji with the comment. It's like, oh, ah, bone. Yeah, exactly. Or like, like the slightly smiling face. Like you don't know if that was like a genuine one or like, uh, oh, why did you use iteration? Uh, smiley. I mean, but even then, like you know the person who's leaving the comment to know like, oh, yeah, no, it's this person. That's the emoji that f- first came up when he typed colon in, in GitHub. But I can see that being a problem if you're unfamiliar with your teammates, especially as Dave mentioned, if you're new to the team and then suddenly these there are people ripping your code apart. It's like it can be kind of uncomfortable. But as you grow with your team and you gain trust and respect. Psychologically, you know that they're doing this to maintain the code base at a level that we all agreed upon rather than I'm just picking on you because you made a pull request.
2: Mm -hmm. And I think the way that you respond to that, like if you are offended by the comment that the person left on your code, the way that you respond to that affects psychological safety a lot.
0: Mm,
1: Yeah, right. Like kind of getting into a defensive posture and like kind of assuming that they're like being aggressive or whatever will just bring the bar down.
2: Yeah, if you if you punch back and you're like, well, obviously iteration doesn't make sense because of reasons X, Y, and Z, and you would know that if you had finished.
0: If you've ever read a book before, like <laughs> you don't want to say that. But. It's escalating.
2: Yeah. Or conversely, moving to silence and just, you know, Shutting off, responding with like some sarcastic quip and ignoring things, yeah,
1: right, or just accepting it and being like, Okay, fine, it's doing, I'll do it and then let, go on to the next round, do another pull request and see what happens. <laughs> so, probably wait, won't go well. <laughs> I'll wait for him to do a
0: pull request, so you'll see <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, one day, yeah, that alone doesn't. Help the team if you're constantly stewing on the next opportunity to one up this one. Like, it just doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help the product. It doesn't help the team. It doesn't help the organization that you're in.
1: Unfortunately, it does sound satisfying. Yeah. I'm (laughs) plotting your revenge.
0: Yeah. But just plotting with emojis. (laughs) (laughs) Emojis on GitHub. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, what if the other person just doesn't care? Right. Or he's like, The person is really hostile or, you know, stop being such a snowflake. Get over it. Like you should, you know, I'm not sure what examples like to I honestly don't even know an example to say because it's just like, hey, no, stop. That's not cool. Like my immediate response would be that. But what if there is someone on your team who's just, you know, always leaving, you know, nasty remarks on GitHub or, you know, always has to leave a snap like you know not a snap but like if someone leaves like a a comment that is almost disrespectful or gossiping as William mentioned before how do you like what do you how do you deal with that team member to let them know like hey that's not cool kind of thing I don't know because it's really difficult for me to think of a person who would do that because it's like (laughs) no dude we can't that's not cool yeah but have you ever experienced anyone who was not like didn't fully comprehend the idea of psychological safety to help the team
1: i mean i guess like that kind of goes back to the environment thing where it's kind of hard to like make any one person change their behavior but if you can set up the environment in a way where everyone agrees that these are the ground rules then you know that's how we should operate like one thing from my time at recurse center in New York was that they had these like social rules where everyone agreed that these are a common set of behaviors that we want to encourage or discourage. And it's okay to call people out if, if they're doing these things, like if there's a, a subtleism, like a subtle racist comment or sexist comment, then it's okay just to say that, Hey, like that made me uncomfortable. And, you know, as you build that environment, then it becomes more, Natural to just bring that up, and it's it's not about the person. It's just like, hey, let's not do that.
2: Yeah. Have we talked about nonviolent communication before? I feel like that's a good strategy for situations like this. What, what does that entail? I don't think we have. It's a formula for having difficult conversations like that, where you you start off by talking about yourself rather than about the other person, because talking about the other person tends to make them defensive. Mm-hmm. So you say, you know, going back to this code review example. When you commented on my code asking why I didn't just use iteration, I felt angry because I need respect and I felt that the way that you phrased that was disrespectful, so please in the future when you have comments, and try to acknowledge that I likely thought about the problem and may have thought of the solution that you were proposing hmm. or something to that effect. It's important to own the feeling. You you don't say you made me angry because in reality you made you angry, right? (laughs) Like (laughs) someone else might have gotten that exact same comment and not been angry over it. Right. And in fact you might have gotten that same comment from a different person and not felt angry.
0: Right. But it was this specific person that may have have sparked something inside that then made you angry. Right. Right. And And I
1: guess like kind of trying to build shared pool of experience to like trying to get them to empathize with where you're coming from. Like this affected me because of this and you know, I want to understand better why you said that and like what, what we can do to get to a shared understanding and meet our goal mm-hmm. of building an awesome product or whatever we're doing.
2: Yeah. Cause when somebody comes to you and is like, you made me angry when you chewed loudly. Yeah. And he, often your first response is why did that make you angry? That doesn't make me angry when other people eat. That's normal. Yeah. <laughs> and it just becomes confrontational. Whereas right. instead if the person says, I felt uncomfortable when you were chewing loudly. right, Then it raises the question, oh, that's interesting. Why did you feel that way? Yeah. I wouldn't have felt that way, but, you know, now I'm kind of curious. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's because you need whatever, insert need that is unmet when someone chews loudly, I guess.
0: Silence. Yeah. Silence. Oxygen is very good. Oxygen is good when you're chewing food loudly. But when I see the food in your mouth, it's gross. Like, uh, I, mean, I guess that's, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, mouth I always freedom. just fall
2: back to respect as a need because it's kind of a catch-all that most things fall into. So you could right. say it's disrespectful. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, All right. I don't need to see the food in your mouth, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so if you're the leader of a team and you've noticed that your team does not feel psychologically safe, what can you do to help with that?
0: I feel like if I was a team lead, I would try and have a one on one with each individual to kind of like let them know that these are not I don't want to say these are the rules that you have to follow. But like I would love to let that person know like, hey, I want to make sure that you're as efficient as possible. And if you're psychologically unsafe, then that definitely will hinder the team. If you have any feedback, any comments, any questions, please reach out to me in any way, shape, or form because I want to make sure that you're psychologically safe in the workplace. And if you feel like I'm not allowing that, then you have to let me know right now so that I can fix that so that you can feel comfortable working here. I mean, like me personally, that's the one thing I don't want to do to a person is like, For someone to think that they're uncomfortable at the workplace is like a huge fear of mine. Like I would want everyone to be as comfortable as possible so we can produce code and not have to worry about, you know, ego checks or who's better than who and that kind of thing. Like we don't, I don't need that. So I would want to have a one-on-one to let them know the ground, to let them know that they have a space for me to kind of, you know, call me out if necessary. Just because I'm the team lead doesn't mean that you can't call me out on things.
1: Right. Yeah. And I guess that's a good opportunity to like kind of model some vulnerability and be like, Hey, like these are the things that I feel a little bit uncomfortable about. Like I need to learn more about like doing good unit tests in react. So, right. You know, if you can help me with that, that'd be cool. But yeah, this is where I'm at right now.
2: Right. Yeah. Modeling that vulnerability, I think is really key.
0: Right. Cause I think at the end of the day, people need to feel comfortable in the workplace. And if the team lead can show that he or she can feel vulnerable with their peers, then everyone will more likely most likely look at the team lead and kind of you know realize, oh, this person is allowing us to feel safe at the workplace. This person has my my back because we're we agreed upon this particular set of rules, so then everyone's going to agree on them.
2: Yeah, and you see the leader being vulnerable and no one attacking them, and it makes you think, well, maybe if I'm vulnerable, no one will attack me either, and then pretty soon everybody is comfortable making themselves vulnerable. Right. And then it's actually safe. Hopefully.
1: Hopefully. (laughs) There's always the sea monster.
0: There's always the sea monster.
1: Uh, Is there anything we missed? I think we're
0: good. I think, yeah. So psychological safety is, is important in the workplace, Right, like oftentimes we spend more than 50% of our time communicating with one another. I'm sure we're in meetings a lot lot of the time and you spend communicating with your teammates a lot more than you think. And if everyone's comfortable in the team, then communication can, you know, ebb and flow from one individual to the other to ensure that you can deliver an amazing product. Yep, share ideas, share knowledge, profit. There you go. Boom. You're welcome. That's how you make the monies. <laughs> cool. I just want to mention to those out there who are interested in open source projects, the rabbit hole is sponsoring a project called remote retro. It's an open source retrospective tool written in front end react and back end and Elixir. Ooh, allow- Elixir. Yeah. Elixir, Elixir alchemist to all the alchemists out there. Remote retro is a, is an application that you can use. To have retrospectives so you can collaborate with one another via your browser. So one example that we have using it in the rabbit hole was when we had our previous episodes. One of the episodes, excuse me, was with Mr. Radichat on the remote. Yeah, David. Yeah, we had David Radichat on the rabbit hole talking about being remote and what are some of the pros and cons about that. And we actually used the tool. Yeah, we use remote retro. It was like, hey, how do we use this thing? And then we went over to GitHub and kind of figured out the configurations and got that started. And it was really, really cool to be able to have a seamless retro with someone remotely who was able to contribute just as well as anyone else in the room who, who was in the same room. It was really, really cool. I would suggest everyone to, you know, follow the show notes. We'll probably have a link to the GitHub repo. And, yeah.
2: and add some features because there were definitely some like glaring missing features. No, not to criticize the team, which is working hard and delivering lots of value for no money.
1: Yeah, they were doing some sweet refactors on the architecture, I think. So no, it's, it's been feature time. Really fast. It's feature time.
0: Yeah, so remote retro. If you're interested in React or in Elixir, which is the everyone seems to love both React and Elixir, feel free to check out Remote Retro. The community
1: seems really friendly too very psychologically safe
0: yeah, it's a very <laughs> psychologically safe environment for you to in an open source community like Remote Retro so yeah check it out please do so and feel free to hit us up at twitter.com slash radio free rabbit I'd like to thank my co-host thanks for coming on down and yeah, thanks man. I'd like to thank our producer anytime thanks for coming on down this is the rabbit hole we'll see you next time